I'm Sabrina Petrofessa. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. And that heavy sigh you heard at the beginning is because today is a special movie. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't... You know, you t- literally, I can't even talk because I hate this movie so much. We are talking about Age of Ultron today. Yes, yes we are. And that came out in 2015? Yeah, and a freshman year for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. We've mentioned his name a few times. Joss Whedon wrote and direct Age of Ultron. Yeah, it's very obvious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who do not know, Age of Ultron is the second Avengers film where featuring Tony Stark, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, um, and Thor, and yep. Hulk. Yes. And Hulk. Did I say Hulk? I don't know. Well, we've mentioned him enough. You should down. know he's in the movie. Yeah. Um, and in this one, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner work together to create Ultron. Yeah. Which is a robot thing. AI. 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 Yes. That um, wants to destroy the world. Yeah. It's one of those things of he wanted to protect it, realize how corrupt it is, now he wants to wipe it out. Start anew. Yeah, he's so stupid. Yeah. I will say, though, James Spader voiced Ultron. Really good. Very good. He's very good. Very good. Yeah. There were so many things that could have gone right with this movie, and then they all went left. Yeah. <laughs> Joss Whedon really weedened. It was really bad. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The, um, the way I compared it to Sabrina last night is Avengers 2 Ultron is when that one boy in class makes one good joke and then he won't let it go. So he did, Whedon did Avengers. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. Whedon did Avengers very well and he won't let it go. So he went and he did the second one. I mean, I know why he did the second one, but. The reason why he did Age of Ultron is a apparently when he signed up for avengers he wanted to include ultron but they were like no 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 this is the plot Mm -hmm. like this is what you need to have the movie be about and he went fine okay i'll sign up for this one but the next one has to be about ultron and i have to do it oh that makes more sense yeah okay and theory two the reason why this one is so bad and the first one was so good is because he had a plot to work with (laughs) <laughs> and another writer. Oh, yeah. This one's all him. Yeah. The other theory I heard is that this is Whedon's hissy fit because apparently he wanted or he wanted to be involved with uh, Winter Soldier. Or it was something like Winter Soldier did so much better than Avengers and best Marvel movie, so on and so forth. And Whedon got mad. So he went and Whedoned Ultron. He wanted to prove that he could do the better Avengers movie. And... He couldn't. Did you go midnight premiere? Because me and... I did not go to a midnight premiere. Ooh. I um, was really stuck in this thought that, like, I couldn't go see a movie by myself, so I didn't buy a ticket by myself, and I didn't ask anyone to go with me. Mm. So then by the time, like, the premiere was coming around, I had a bunch of people who were like, oh my god, you wanted to go see it? Why don't you come see it? Like, see if there are tickets available. And then I was like, there aren't any. Mm -hmm. Um, Sabrina and I are friends, but I also have another friend squad and we got tickets for the midnight premiere like as soon as they were announced we got them and that's how i saw 
Infinity Wars on the big IMAX at AMC Lowe's. And if you're asking yourself, well, why wasn't Sabrina included? <laughs> it was because that we weren't like that close of friends yeah. freshman year. Yeah, we were just journalism friends. <laughs> it literally took us like all year to hang out that year. Yep. And we discussed this movie and you, you were one of the first people that told me this movie was terrible because my initial thoughts after seeing it was that it was a good movie and I was wrong. I still stand by that, that this movie was bad. I'm like really sorry that you, not, not I'm not sorry that you loved it, but I'm sorry that I like took that away from you. I think that's a good thing because I'm, I've talked to others who it's, we're not the only ones of just the hype of the moment and just of the Avengers drew you in. And then it was afterwards, you're just like, wait. Also, a lot of the times, it's probably clear by this podcast by now, I see things and deeper meanings don't uh, make any sense to me. I just take things at face value and be like, yes, this was good content. And then I critically think for five minutes. I'm like, oh, wait, this was bad content. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I was watching the movie the very first time, I was in a theater. Like I said, I was by myself. Um, Theater was still packed. And I was loving pretty much every second of it except any single time that um bruce and natasha scared scared shared screen time yeah and not even like obviously i'm fine with them interacting with each other Mm -hmm. what i'm not fine with is this weird love connection that came out of nowhere yeah this was the you what we talked about at dinner that 2015 evening was at first I was on board with Banner and Black Widow because I like ships that aren't conventional like Black Widow and Hawkeye is kind of conventional it's like okay this is could be interesting and then you explained to me how bad it was and I was like oh because also at this point I haven't seen probably the last MCU movie I saw was Iron Man 3 I skipped everything in between so I just mm-hmm. thought that I missed something no 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 so I th- I'm pretty sure what my explanation to why I didn't like it so much to you that day was that there was no setup. Mm-hmm. It just came out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, there was this lullaby routine that apparently mm-hmm. only Natasha can do. And apparently she's in love with him now, which mm-hmm. is very strange to me because in Avengers, she was terrified of him. Yeah. Like, completely terrified because Natasha strikes me as a character who needs to be in control of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was, she cannot be in control or control the Hulk. Right. And as much, like, you know, I, I get why you don't like the conventional of Clint and Natasha, but, and, like, not that Natasha would control Clint, (laughs) <laughs> but should something happen to him... She has control of that she, situation. Yeah, she can do something to take him down, i.e. when Loki got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. But she can't do that with with uh, the Hulk. Right. Not even Tony can do that in this movie yeah. with Veronica. So I just it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that the two of them could be together. It sort of makes sense, but it just doesn't make... No, you're it right. Just came out of, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. It was really bad. And I could get behind a ship like this if you give me the proper setup. Mm-hmm. There was no proper setup. Yeah. A movie from three years ago doesn't count. Yeah. Especially the, if the movie from three years ago only sets up that she's afraid of him. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way to base a relationship. 
yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And then my other thing, I could have gotten behind this ship, but Joss Whedon decided to do something really terrible. And we're getting real heavy real fast right now. We're going to lighten yeah. up soon, but I'm going to get real heavy real fast. This is a big point. This is a big point for me, and it makes me very, very angry. So, partway through the movie, Natasha and like, and Bruce are in Clint's farmhouse, which we're going to talk about <laughs> later, too. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> have a conversation where... Bruce is saying all this stuff about how there is no future with him because he can't have kids. He can't have this as he's pointing around to all of the children's toys in that room. Mm -hmm. Which, upon this rewatch, made me angry because you don't need to biologically have kids to be a father. So that annoyed me. Second, you don't need children to have a future. Yeah. You can have a future without having children. Yeah. So that bothered me as well. And then Natasha comes back to that, says, well, I can't have children either. Because where I was trained in the Red Room, when I graduated, they gave me a hysterectomy and made me sterile. So that on its own actually is really fine. I don't mind. Yeah. That he, she's trying to connect with him and say, listen, I can't have kids either. It's right. fine, whatever. Opening but up, yeah. Opening up to another member of the team in a way that she's never done before. Right. I, I'm, I'm not mad at that. What I'm mad at is that directly after she's done saying that, she says, you're not the only monster on the team. Implying that she is also monstrous because while she was at the Red Room, she was made sterile and therefore cannot have children. And because she cannot have children, she is a monster. Yeah, which you, I think, might have been the first or second person to explain that to me because that is one of those scenes that went completely over my head. I thought she was saying that she was a monster because of the things she's done in her past because she's killed so many people, pretty much. But on, I hadn't seen the movie until last night. So there was I, there was in theaters and in my living room last night. And yeah, that scene was bad. <laughs> I mean, like, I wish people could see my face right now because I'm still mad talking about it. Like, it still makes me angry. The thing is, is that there's... As a person who does not want to have children, I do not like equating not having children or not being able to have children with being monstrous. Mm-hmm. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to be like, well, it's not monstrous. To, like, that's not what they were trying to do. That's not what they, he was trying to say. But because the scene was not written well, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, no. fight me on that, it was not a well-written scene, Yeah, it's hard to watch that scene and not see her confessing that she can't have children because she was made sterile at the place where she was turned into an assassin and then immediately calling herself a monster as not something that gets connected. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were like me and you misread it, rewatch the scene again with this in mind and it will make sense. Like, you will see the connection. Yeah. I mean, I actually... When I was watching the movie for the first time and in theaters... No matter the hype, when I saw, when I was watching that scene, something like deep in my soul was hurting mm. because I knew it just felt wrong. Yeah. 
and it felt it, it really felt wrong as a woman watching that scene and particularly as a woman who doesn't want to have children mm-hmm. and again i'm going to just circle back to that <laughs> adoption is a thing adoption is a thing you don't physically need to be the gene bearer yeah to be a parent like you can just adopt children yeah quite frankly many many children would like to be adopted (laughs) especially by freaking superheroes so yeah (laughs) lord the agency that would have given okay on black widow and the hulk though i don't know but i i still yeah it still is a thing yeah you can still do it yeah so there's just that you know I mean, okay, but also with all this Whedon hate, I feel like we do need to get into it a little bit, why we hate Whedon so much, because we kind of have been, like, saying that we hate him (laughs) in other episodes, and now we're finally at the movie where we can kind of actually just say why, Mm -hmm. and let's just just get to it. Yeah. I hate Whedon because of this movie. I was, like, totally a fan of him. I loved everything he did. I love Buffy. I actually really love Dollhouse. I know it's controversial because of the plot of that and like what it says and whatever. And I loved Firefly. I love Agents because mm-hmm. he is he is part of it. And I loved Avengers. Mm-hmm. I went and saw Age of Ultron and I was mad. Mm. And I have not stopped being mad. And then I got even madder, which I know I don't think is a <laughs> word, but who cares? Still applies. I got even madder when I found out the way he treats the the women on his sets, which we'll, we'll link to in our description in the episode, an article that describes that. I don't really want to get into it, but he like really manipulates and manipulates the women on his sets to, and like he sleeps with them, even though he's had a wife for all of these years, which mm-hmm. doesn't stop a lot of people, but still. Yeah. So he's cheated on his wife. He sleeps with the women on sets and emotionally manipulates them. Yeah. Also... Charisma Carpenter is one of, like, the big, not big Whedon actresses, but she was on Buffy and then moved on to a show, Angel, which mm-hmm. I did also love. Um, and then she became pregnant, and Whedon immediately just totally wrote her off the show and then killed her. Oh. He does things like that. Yeah, I also heard he plays the, like, hurt nerd boy card a lot. He does. Which, if you have ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, in season six or seven, there is a villain who is literally just the hurt nerd. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Great. And you're just like, okay. Like, that entire season is just this hurt nerd trying to basically rape Buffy. Oh, wait, I've heard about this villain. Or, like, sexually assault her constantly. Uh-huh. And, like, basically just control her because yeah. he's like, I'm going to control the the Slayer. And it's a terrible season. Um, not that it's a terrible season. I actually don't hate the season because it's kind of, like, the most realistic villain. As in, like, that's the kind of person you're going to meet in your day-to-day life. Not, like, mm-hmm. you know, a bloodthirsty vampire. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, it's kind of self-insert for Joss, Joss. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. So... Yeah, most of this I've learned secondhand through Sabrina, other fans, Twitter. But yeah, not a fan of Joss Whedon. Not a good person. So I guess let's um let's just move on. Let's move on to what we liked about Age of Ultron. For me, it's really mostly just the cast. Just seeing the Avengers together again was nice. I love, love, love 
the opening of this film. <laughs> the one in the uh, Russia, Slovenia, where where are they? Are they not in Sokovia? Sokovia, thank you. Yeah, I, I I just like I like seeing them all work together. I particularly liked. There's a moment between Captain America and Thor where all of the like soldiers are rushing up to them, mm-hmm. and Thor's like they're lining up, and Cap um, holds out his shield for him, and Thor hits the shield with the hammer, and I just like how it shows how they've adapted their fighting styles to work with each other and yeah. also they know that when you hit the shield with the hit the hammer with the shield or whatever mm-hmm. um i think i was right the first time when i was like when you hit the shield with the hammer and then i switched <laughs> the words around um when you hit the shield with the hammer it creates that like huge vibration yeah and they found that out in the first avengers when they were fighting right and so they made the adjustment so that that can work for them instead of against them so i liked seeing little things like that yeah the banter was fun my favorite scene is um the it's like the after celebration it's just the avengers and the doctor and maria hill hanging out and it's they're all having a crack at picking up the hammer that one's fun that's just that is so fun just hanging out. Superheroes also, just being chill. I also really love that Cap <laughs> almost picks it up. I I know we just went on this big thing against Joss Whedon, but that was very good directing on his part of looking at Thor uh, Hemsworth's face while Cap was picking up the hammer. That was good. Yes. I mean, listen. He did things right in this movie. He did. He did. Just overall, it was not a good movie. Yeah. In in that scene, it is very funny to see hear the squeak. Yeah. See it tilt a little bit, and, and then you look Thor's at Thor's panic. face, which is just like. <gasps> <laughs> I also like in that scene when Tony tries to do it. He goes, "I'll be right back." Comes back with a glove from his suit. Yeah. And then it cuts again to him and Rhodey trying to get <laughs> get the thing off, to like pick it yeah. up, and and they're both just like. Are, represent represent man <laughs> like are you lifting <laughs> i love tony and roadie that's they're such a good relationship they're I, such I, a good friendship i also enjoyed seeing roadie's moments in this movie he had some good ones we got to see some war machine i have a note in this uh, in my you know four pages of notes roadie's the only one who has fun really though <laughs> roadie is the only one who's like i'm a mother superhero yeah. like he loves being war machine he loves it so much, so much that his password is War Machine Racks <laughs> with an X. Okay, the other thing I really enjoyed about Age of Ultron is the quick mention of Wakanda. I That blew my mind last night. I totally forgot yeah. that existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really liked that. Wow. Although, like, Bruce is a dumbass for calling it Wakanada. Right? Like, how many master's degree doctorates do you have, Dr. Banner? And yet he's, he reads something and goes, Wakanada? Wakanda. <laughs> the, uh, like, they had to make Bruce do it. They could have tried to at least someone else, but... Yeah. yeah, well, Cap has experience with Wakanda because of the shield, and so does Tony because of working with Claw. Right. Working oh, with slash beside Claw. That was the other thing. It brought up a quick question, but... Um, do they does Tony know more about Wakanda because he worked with that arms dealer? He didn't really work. I I'm taking him at his word and and going with the fact that he said that they were at conventions together but not particularly working together. Okay, he never knew or never really questioned why this no, guy he, 
No, he knew him and knew he was not a good guy. Right. Which but, is why he didn't really, really work with him. Right. But I mean, how did he know that he had all this vibranium when Cap's shield was supposed to be all of it? He didn't. Oh, okay. He, when, when they realized, when they saw the picture of Claw, he was like, I know this guy oh. because of all of the conventions. And then they went to him and they realized he had all of that vibra- vibranium. Oh, okay. Me and my roommate were kind of talking through this movie, which is why this scene was a little fuzzy but other than that what do i like about this movie nothing yeah even some of the fight scenes were pretty lackluster like there was some cool fight choreography but a lot of it just looked very cgi'd because the main enemy were a bunch of yeah robots so they were very cgi'd um tony was in the suit for a lot of it so he was cgi'd anyways but except at the party which was freaking awesome i really did like seeing everyone fighting in their civilian clothes yeah yeah that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing that. Yeah. The other thing that kind of bothered me about the amount, sheer amount of CGI was just like the complete and utter disregard for the buildings and infrastructure and in all of the cities they were in. Like, I, oh my God, yes. I know Tony's going to pay for it, but like, how did New York still. get invaded and still got better off than all of the places that they were in? Like, oh, poor Seoul. Seoul, that, what was the city they were in? Where, I mean, they were in Sokovia. Sokovia, obviously, but no, the one where Bruce loses it. Africa. I don't know where particularly. Because that's when they were meeting, trying, not meeting the, the yeah. Wakandan arms dealer type thing. But like, yeah. Yeah, that's. That I don't remember exactly where, but that was in Africa. Yeah, that city is not recovering. No. No matter how much money Tony throws at it. And it's just, maybe that's just how we'd wanted to do it for like the cool fight scenes in CGI, but like you had so much more respect for your American cities and you just like total disregard for the international ones. Yeah, but also remember, um, what was it? He, he like, buys that building right before he throws Hulk down it. Yeah, but there were other times, and I know Hulk couldn't really control it, but, like, there so much of those cities that they were in are just never gonna recover. The fighting that I loved was all caps because he just, like, the way I describe him in this movie is actual ballerina Captain <laughs> America. Yeah, he suddenly got very graceful. He learned some martial arts. I don't think he learned martial arts. I think he learned ballet. <laughs> I, I would agree with that as well. You laugh, but I'm completely serious. Like, he was doing these, like, fancy spins in the air, and it looked exactly like dancing. So, there's that. Yeah. I also, actually, I do like the introduction of um, Wanda and Peter. The very beginning introduction? Or- no, I, I, I just like, I like them. Oh. I like the, them in the movie. Yeah, I thought they were really good characters. I think that they have, um... A good motivation. Yeah. I know why exactly they joined Hydra. Mm-hmm. And it's because of what happened to them as of when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And it's because of Tony's weapons. And yeah. it doesn't matter what like what Tony has done to atone for that. It's still a big thing for him, for them. Yeah. It still ruined their lives. Changed their lives, I guess. Completely changed their lives, yeah. Yeah. And I think that when it came down to it, too, they made the right decision, like, at the turning point. So... They were really good, complex, sympathetic characters. They were. Um, although, literally, Scarlet Witch, when she gets into the, the first time we see her in action, she literally looks like she's something out of a horror movie. Yeah. But speaking of the twins and things that I don't like, what was the purpose in killing Peter? Yeah, that was weird. They tried to set up... There was no purpose. They tried to set up this whole thing that, like... Hawkeye was going to be the one to go, and then 
it was the kid and it was just it was weird that wasn't even in the comics right like quicksilver is supposed to make it through so the marvel cinematic universe doesn't particularly have an issue about killing characters that like oh yeah yeah i know should not be dead but i'm gonna get into this real quick in x-men first class there was a character whose power was literally to evolve to anything to continue to survive Mm. and that character died so I think filmmakers are sometimes stupid <laughs> and don't realize that these characters who are extra human die in ways that they should not have died due to their extra human ab- abilities. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, they just like pick the wrong characters to kill. Yeah. Yeah. I.e. Quicksilver. Like he shouldn't have died because he didn't need to die because he's too fast. Mm-hmm. And he knew that the bullets were coming. So like, why would he get shot? Yeah. He's faster than a bullet. He's faster than the speed of freaking light. Like, he's faster than a bullet. Yeah, we've seen that multiple times anyways. So that's the thing that's, like, the most annoying for me, at least in that reference, is, like, what? what? He doesn't need to die. He just doesn't. Mm -hmm. It was stupid. Mm -hmm. There was no purpose to that either. (sighs) Deep sigh. This entire movie is a deep sigh. Yeah, speaking of Hawkeye, that is another gripe. (sighs) For me, at least, with Hawkeye... Oh my god. So Hawkeye in the comics, at least the most popular version of Hawkeye in the comics, is like a walking human disaster that has no family because he's a walking human disaster and he's okay with it. Mm -hmm. But this Hawkeye is somehow like married with three children. Yeah, he's very dad. He fought like not he dads to the two twins. And like he's a he's got a farm, which I guess is not not canon. But why? Why does he have a farm? with a wife and three children what i wish would have happened is finding out that like oh hey he has this safe house for his brother and his dog which would just have made more sense that he's protecting his brother and like his dog that would make more sense it, it did feel really random to suddenly make barton the ideal family man because i guess they know what else to do like what other person would have a safe house like that anyways what other person would have a safe house like that? No one. I know. But maybe he had a safe house because he had a safe house because he's Hawkeye. Right? Like, that would have made more sense. Do you need a purpose for a safe no. house? Like, he could have just had one. It still doesn't make any sense to me. I just do not enjoy it. it. Was, I do not enjoy that whole thing. It was pretty jarring. It was pretty stupid is what it was. Yeah. Sorry. It just makes me so annoyed when I think about it. Also, like, any day now, I would just love for them to announce that this version of Hawkeye is going to be deaf. Because, um, again... That is the more popular version of him in the comics. Yeah. Deaf one. Yeah. So please, please give us a deaf Hawkeye. Yeah. Which is never going to happen. But like, I would love it if we had a deaf Hawkeye because that would be fantastic. Please and thank you. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. Things things that make me angry. (laughs) Oh, God. You always kind of got the feeling that we never really knew what to do with Hawkeye, which sucks because there's a lot of things you could do with him, both as a character and Jeremy Renner. Like, Jeremy Renner is a good Hawkeye, and he just doesn't know what to do with him. But at least in the way that they they did it in the first Avengers movie, it made sense. Mm -hmm. But in this one, it just didn't. Yeah. I think Joss is, like, trying to surprise everyone Mm -hmm. in the sense that he's, like, trying to do something that they didn't expect, especially with, like, bruce and natasha and like clint having a family Mm -hmm. but also he's like obnoxious in that sense that he like caters to fans too much Mm. there are just too many parts in this movie where he's like oh you're just doing that for the fans Mm -hmm. which like i love that i love when that happens but at the same time in this one it just like didn't work yeah speaking of catering to the fans there were a lot of unnecessary cleavage shots of the women in this movie (sighs) oh my god i think it's when quicksilver dies and you go to see scarlet witch's reaction and it's just 
why do you see that much down her shirt when she's in mourning? Well, speaking of that, it's like when Ultron first crashes their party, like when they're all like, oh, just yeah. by themselves at the end of it. And Bruce, like, I don't know why he's the one who's like protecting this Natasha when like Bruce has no combat skills. Right. But like she, he like tackles her and his face is in her boobs. Yeah. It was, that was so And he's bad. like, sorry. And I'm like, who, <sighs> like who still does that? Who's like, yes, I know, I know what will make people laugh. This brilliant move. <laughs> it was so no, bad. It's not funny. It's literally not funny. I hate that so much. <sighs> My God. So many boob shots. Completely. For like as few women as you had in this movie, how did we manage to see that much of their boobs? I don't know. I don't know. But like, honestly, so stupid. Mm-hmm. And Okay. But, like, speaking of, like, fan service, so the thing is, is that, like, I kind of loved all the stony fan service, <laughs> the- but I also understand why it was too much. Like, there was some of it that was just too much, especially when Natasha's like, I thought you were done, like, making eyes at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I thought you still were making eyes at each other. Wait, I think I wrote down that. I thought you and Tony were still gazing into each other's eyes. Yeah, that was annoying. Which, like, I appreciated because I ship stony, but, like... <laughs> I don't appreciate it as someone who enjoys these movies Mm -hmm. because it just seems out of place. Like, I don't know where that came from. There was a moment in Sokovia during the, like, towards the end of the final battle, Tony makes a snide remark about Banner and Nat being gone. And I hated that moment. He was like, you better, you, uh, where are you two? You better not be playing, like, hide the, something stupid. Oh my god, it was like, hide, hide something green, you know? Like, hide the- Zucchini. Hide the zucchini, yeah. That was so obnoxious. And like, I know- Also disgusting. I know Tony's obnoxious, but he's not that obnoxious. He's also not that vulgar. Yeah. It was like a really disgusting line. It was really bad. It was really unnecessary. But Joss is not- Joss does that like he does try to like make these stupid like not so sexual lines like get placed into movies Mm -hmm. like in the first Avengers when Loki says you mule and quim that was just Joss's way to get you quivering in into the movie oh oh that's what those words mean (sighs) yes speaking of (laughs) yes Tony yeah let's go let's protect our boy Tony Stark Defense Squad right here, right now. Okay. If we're going to fault anyone in this film, we're going to fault Scarlet Witch. True, though. She set this off. She was on the she bad side at the time, up. but she set this off. Yes, and it's her fault. Mm-hmm. It's her fault because she's the one who plants the idea in Tony's head that everyone he loves is going to die and that he needs mm-hmm. to protect them. Because yeah. literally in that, you see a dead everyone and then, and then a broken cap shield mm-hmm. and then steve steve reaching out to tony going you could have done more why didn't you save us so it's scarlet witch's fault that that even gets placed into his brain at all as if that's not already in his head second bruce shares some of the blame in this he does he i know this bruce or whatever is supposed to be like kind of um tim not timid but like yeah but he could have stood up and or done something he helped Tony. Yeah, he helped Tony because Ultron was both of their idea. Yeah, they've been talking about it and planning it before. They just now had the tech. Yeah, they now had the tech to actually do something with it. So they were like, why don't we try it? Mm-hmm. And also, guys, this was a test. It was a test. They were just trying to test it out. They weren't trying to create him. They were just trying to figure out if they could. And they could. And they could. And it happened because Ultron's like, 
they didn't really know what to do with the Mind Stone. And, like, that's yeah. sort of their fault, sort of not their fault. But, like, you know, they just didn't know how the Mind Stone worked. So they tried something and it didn't work. Did they realize that what they had? I don't think they knew what the Mind Stone was. They just had this thing that powered Loki's They knew scepter. it was a gem. They yeah. knew it was a gem. And they knew it powered the scepter. And I, I honestly, that, as much as, like, some of the CGI did not work out very well, the one with the seeing... Jarvis and yeah. the Mind Stone was really cool. I loved that. Also, Rip Jarvis. Also, that conversation, that conversation between Jarvis and the Mind Stone was really cool. That was so cool. Not the Mind Stone, Ultron. Yeah, I enjoyed Jarvis that. And, and Ultron. Yeah, so cool. Rip Jarvis. Rip I love Jarvis. Jarvis. I'm so sad that Jarvis is now Vision, but whatever. I know. I'm really mad. Also, I really don't like Friday. Friday is annoying. I actually don't mind Friday. Mm. I just am sad that Friday is not Jarvis. I just wish Friday was Jarvis. Yeah. So, this wasn't... Tony might have started it, but it wasn't his fault. They all... Also, no. they all got messed with by Scarlet Witch. They should have a little bit more empathy. Yeah, every time yeah. I watch this movie, I'm, I'm always like, Tony Stark defense squad, because <laughs> um, everyone is blaming him for everything, and it's not his fault. Yeah. Also, everyone in that scene where he's like, hey, does everyone remember New York when I went into that wormhole? They're thinking... He, everyone's like rolling his eyes at him and being like, yeah, yeah, oh, never heard mm-hmm. of that Tony before. Like, blah, blah, blah. like, he's not saying it to brag. Like, he's really not saying any of that to brag. He's saying it because he's like, remember when that happened? I saw some shit. Like, mm-hmm. I saw something and I cannot take it back like mm-hmm. it's stuck in my head and there's so much out there and we're gonna be really really vulnerable mm-hmm. and like he just wants to protect the world and like he has issues from that he's still processing it so mm-hmm. the fact that people are just like not understanding that is absolutely crazy yeah i know that there's like, do- weird disconnect between the standalone and the avengers sometimes but like there are times whenever it feels like iron man or it felt like Iron Man 3 didn't happen narratively. <laughs> well, especially in that one, right? Um, it was it, like Rhodey's reactions to it especially was what yeah. made me very mad. I was like, of all the people in the room, Rhodey's the one who would actually be like, yeah, of course, man. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm worried about you. Right? And that was not what happened. Yeah. <sighs> That's like just mostly my defense of him in this movie. Like, it's not his fault. Leave him mm-hmm. alone, please. It is one of those, like, he was trying to create something better to protect everyone and he was messing with something he didn't realize was happening or that was out of his control yeah. and then he created and the ultimate sort of, yeah and then he was sort of doing the same thing with a vision and everyone was like you want to do this again you want to try this again really really i was That's stupid kind of confused why he was trying i mean I, I knew why he was trying again with vision but i was a little bit like all right tony what are you doing yeah and then he says something about how like him and Bruce are mad scientists and we might as well lean into being monsters and I was just like I think Joss was trying to do something here where he was trying to like make everyone look like a monster and how like like everyone has a little bit of monster in them and it just doesn't work out yeah after the conversation the monster conversation with um uh Black Widow he he used it all the time Thor called them all monsters at one point Cap called them all or maybe it was Cap it was the rally speech from Cap but he just wouldn't stop describing the Avengers as monsters. Which was stupid. Yeah. I just, it just didn't work out. It just was like him trying to do something and it just didn't work because it's stupid. And that's all I can say about that. It's just like so much of this movie is just stupid. I think personally the bones of this film are very good. Yes. Like the concept is fine and like what you can get out of it is good, but like 
too many of the details are wrong mm-hmm. and just bad or just writ- written horribly or directed terribly. It was written so badly. Yeah. It was written so badly. Again, like you had the perfect cast. The Avengers have all grown into those roles. They embody them. It's so good. You had a really good villain. James Spader did a good job too. And you just, how did you mess up? I don't know. I don't know how you can mess up. You burnt water. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> deep sigh again. Deep sigh for this entire movie. It did. It did hurt realizing how bad this movie was in retrospect. And it wasn't. This wasn't even like a years later process. This was like a month or a weeks later process. But it did hurt because you wanted it to be better. You wanted it to be the Avengers. It could have been better, but it was just Age of Ultron. Yeah, it was. Just, or as most people call it, just like Ultron. Oh my God. But also, I'm enjoying that this movie carried on the tradition of keeping Peggy Carter in the films. Oh, I cried. Everyone's PTSD, not PTSD scenes. Steve had a PTSD scene. Yeah. But um, everyone's little, like, dream Scarlet sequence. Witch visions. Yeah. yeah, dream sequences were all very, very good. The, they were. They were very well um, attuned to the... Obviously, they were very well attuned to the yes. character. But, like, yeah, that seeing it inside their, seeing inside their head for that split second... Was very yes. good. I, yeah, so like Tony is, is in the beginning of the movie, which is, you know, the Shatari and all of his friends being dead. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that. And then um, I really liked Nats because I we finally get to see some of his, her origin story, which I've wanted for years, but we've never gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, at least we got a little bit of it th- in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I hate the whole like sterilization plot point in this film, I think that it's actually a smart move for an assassination, like like a, an assassin school. Yeah, in the context of her origin story, it made sense. He just couldn't handle it afterwards. Yes. Um, but, you know, I just really liked seeing that. Mm-hmm. I just it was really cool seeing the the, the, the dancing, like the ballet mm-hmm. and the and the guns and the shooting and the mm-hmm. and there is that scene where you can see that like she doesn't want to graduate because um because she knows what it, that entails and she doesn't want that to happen to her mm-hmm. um it's just very it's a very good vision for her mm-hmm. and then caps obviously heartbreaking well actually before we get to cap thor just because i want to get it out of the way right. like thor's is like him and like Heimdall and also just love that Idris Elba is in this movie yeah and Heimdall's like you're gonna lead us to the apocalypse everything's gonna die blah 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 which is not wrong yeah but also um (laughs) I feel like whenever they get a chance to put Thor in one of these movies they have to be like infinity stones (laughs) they really do though he's their big they literally showed the infinity stones in his vision yeah that was for the people who missed guardians yeah i guess um they showed all of them Mm -hmm. and then uh and then caps Mm -hmm. let's go to cap (sighs) he's at a party it's like the 1940s it's after world war ii is over and he's looking around the room one guy spills wine on himself and he thinks Mm -hmm. it's blood and like something pops i think they're popping champagne or something Mm -hmm. he thinks it's gunfire and then peggy just comes up behind him it's like the war is over you can finally come home yeah but can he what is steve rogers without a war to fight in (sighs) heartbreaking it was it was that was so tragic i probably i think i teared up whenever we saw peggy again but that reminds me of another line earlier it, they were it was sometime after vision is created and something happens and someone throws in 
or Cap throws the line in his face about like I miss when I was the weirdest thing science created or something like that or he says something he kind of says something like snide about like messing with things or like oh god I'm, this is I'm doing such a bad job no that's literally that's literally the line he says um I miss when I was the weirdest thing that science created right but for me it threw me out because like the first villain he ever fought was a no-nosed Nazi he is not the weirdest thing he has ever seen <laughs> you know i guess like am i wrong I isn't like the, the tesseract he doesn't in have the... a nose wasn't even the weirdest thing no i know but like the whole red him. skull yeah, thing red skin. is the worst yeah. like the point is like cap has already seen things before any of the avengers were around minus thor but like yeah but the and thing he's still is, going though, is after that he didn't the situation <laughs> yeah i mean but he didn't know about the red skull until after that after he became Captain America. He's just saying that he misses the days, which is probably just a month or so, where he was the weirdest thing yeah. that science had created. Yeah. Anyways, I don't remember if it was that moment, but there was another moment when Cap was like throwing the situation in someone's face, probably Tony's. And I was like, Cap, you have seen worse. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're talking about in the beginning of the movie where um, Maria Hill is saying something about Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and how she's like, calls them weirdos for volunteering to be experimented on and he's like yeah who oh, yeah. wouldn't let a german scientist experiment them experiment on them for the for love of country the good of their save, country to save their country or to save their home yeah no it wasn't that it Which happened was- towards the end of the movie when like vision was around i'll try and be more eloquent later but it was just a moment of like cap you've seen worse also Speaking of, as much as you hate Vision, you can't hate the fact the way that he gets, like, good in the team is the fact that he, like, was like, you may not trust me, but we need to go. And he hands Thor his hammer and everyone's just like, uh, okay. Like, that's a really funny scene. Actually, if if I can go back to things that I love about this movie, obviously they also include Tony Stark. I love in the beginning of the movie when, um... Tony like gets into the place where the scepter is and he's like he's like guys let's let's talk about this first while everyone's shooting at him and then he like I don't know does some sort of blast and everyone goes down and he's just like all right good talk and someone goes which someone goes no it wasn't (laughs) and then like that was the first good laugh of the movie and then there was that like where he there's a secret door and he's like please be a secret door please be a secret door please be a secret door yay like he has that quiet little yay and then he goes in like i love that so much yeah there was another moment that rdj just really nailed it as tony and i I mean that's most of my opinion on rdj as tony well if you're thinking about the scene in the barn where he sees the tractor and he's like hello dear the, the, I do you know how much that went over my head in 2015. I watched it again last night and I had subtitles on. And I was just like, "Oh how? my god, it's a pun!" Wait, it was a pun? <laughs> yeah, because it's a John Deere tractor. Oh, I didn't get that. I just was the subtitles spelled it out. D the tractor name, and I was just like, "Oh my god." Just Whedon did a funny. See, because I was just thinking of it in the way that he like personifies every every single machine he comes into contact with right no you have to you really need subtitles to get that joke so uh congrats whedon that one went that was a good one i think the one that i was watching didn't do that with the subtitles because it just spelled it d-e-a-r oh that's interesting 
Yeah, just a little moments that when Tony was just like small and quick. Like whenever he has to go to the barn and he him and Cap are arguing is when um he does Cap does the iconic like tear a log with his bare hands moment and um yeah. Tony has to walk away and he's like, Don't touch my pile. It's like, alright. Yeah. <laughs> that was a chuckle. Yeah. Also, I just it's so sad this entire movie anytime Tony talks about Jarvis because like <sighs> Because when Ultron was like, I killed the other guy, everyone's like, who'd you kill? Who'd you kill? And then everyone was like, no one was in the house. Like, we were the only people here. He didn't kill anybody. And Tony's like, he did kill somebody. He killed Jarvis. That hurt. No. And like, he's constantly personifying yeah. Jarvis as like, like, literally just being like, he's a person. Like, Jarvis mm-hmm. is a person. Yeah. And then you find out that like, Jarvis didn't actually die. He was just like, scattered himself into the internet to hide so that Ultron couldn't get near the like mm-hmm. launch codes, basically. And you're like, oh my god, Jarvis has been there the entire time. He was and, like, okay. That's obviously why they put Jarvis into Vision. But that still makes me sad mm-hmm. because that meant the death of Jarvis. And I was like, why couldn't he just still be Jarvis? Like, why couldn't you just make Jarvis a thing still? I know. I know. I really, I do miss him. But I understand why they needed to have, like, Friday as well. Just because, like, what's his name? Paul Bettany can't do both. I mean, he could do both. He just won't do both, probably. Or, like, eh, I wouldn't want to do both either. It just makes sense yeah. that, like, Tony would want to, like, distance himself. Yeah, no, to go along with the theme that Tony personifies, or to go, that he personifies all of his creations is, like, he can't make another Jarvis. Jarvis is Jarvis. Yeah. Jarvis, too, is, that makes it more machine, yeah. and that's not Tony's style. We also, I wish he had a bigger role. We have another Asian. I've lost count now, but we've got another Asian in Asian Watch. Helen Cho, Dr. Helen Cho. I loved her. I wish we saw more of her. If it weren't for Helen Cho, we would not have Vision. Yeah, her and her cradle. Which I guess upsets some people because some people don't like Vision, but I'm fine with it. I like Vision. I like him enough. Yeah, like, he's okay. Uh, But there was a, I don't remember what it was, but whenever she was talking to the, oh, Barton, Barton was getting healed and Bruce and Tony were in the room and you just got to see like I'm well science bros but like scientists mm-hmm. and I wish she would have stuck around more I, I wish her and Hill stuck around more and we saw more of them as characters in yeah. the MCU in general because I really like them Marie Hill is great I really want to see more of Helen Cho I kind of would ship Bruce and Helen more anyway lol that would work. I, th- I guess that would sort... I don't know. I don't know if that would work. I feel like I just haven't seen enough of Helen to be able to, like, understand that ship, you know? Yeah, it's just they'd be science together and it would be cute. Yeah. But she has a crush on Thor. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I also do... I think I want to take a moment to, like, stand up for Cap at some point in this movie. So there's this, that, that scene where they're, like, ripping logs or whatever. Or he's ripping logs and Tony's chopping them. Um... Tony's like, I don't trust anybody who goes through that and doesn't come out like a little affected at the end of it, which is like talking about Scarlet Witch Mm. messing around with their minds. And I realized I was like, yeah, Steve isn't affected by it because, you know, he um, is still dealing with that every single day. Mm -hmm. He's very aware that his biggest issue is the fact that he's a man out of time and that he's like constantly Mm -hmm. at war and that like Peggy Carter is no longer like his Peggy Carter, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like leave him alone, Tony? Like of course. Like <laughs> yeah. I, like you don't know what's in his head. You don't know what it, what was in anybody else's heads. And everyone deals with things a little bit differently. Caps is just like dealing it with it dealing with it the same way he deals with everything else. Mm-hmm. 
So there's that. Sorry, Tony, you're wrong this time. <laughs> it's known to happen. It is. So I guess just to wrap up, um, I hate this movie. I hate it a lot. I'm sad that I hate this movie. But I hate it a lot. It sucks. Mm, it's just not written well. No. He needed, Joss needed a second person to write this movie. He needed at least a co-writer. Yeah. <sighs> if you don't believe us that this movie's not good, watch it again. And it will not hold up. That's my opinion, because that's what I did. Yeah, keep everything that we've said in mind, too, because it's just annoying. And it's not just us, either. This is a general consensus of these are the things Whedon did wrong. Like, it's not just in our heads that Black Widow called herself a monster because she can't have children. Like, that is general consensus, then that is what happened. Although I do have a friend that I, I have constantly fought on in that in that respect, where I'm like, listen to me as a woman... This is what I get out of that scene. Mm -hmm. And he's always like, no, it's not like that. That's not what she's trying to say. And I'm like, listen to me. I'm so sad. This I'm so sad this movie's so bad. That's just generally how I feel about Ultron. Is it just, it makes me sad. You wanted it to be good. You did. You did. And then it was really bad. You wanted that feeling of when you were watching it of like, yes, to just last forever. And it does not. Yeah, I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad we got that over with. And I don't ever have to watch that movie again. Honestly, though. I paid for it, too. I paid for it on Amazon because I couldn't find it anywhere else. And I was so mad that I had to pay for it. I paid for it on iTunes. So congrats, Marvel. You got money out of this movie in the end. You got more money for this movie. But we can focus on the positive because we both enjoy the next episode's content. Which is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. Yay! Season 2. This one's a fun one. Yay. I'm excited. I'm excited. I do like this season. Um, it's a good one. Yeah. So I guess uh, I guess that's it. Um, we'll be with you till the end of the line. You can... Which f- they said in this movie and I... <laughs> did they? When? <laughs> when did they say that in that movie? In the movie? Science bros said it to each other. Not like... It wasn't the exact context of Cap and Bucky. It was... Um, for some reason, Tony says it to Bruce. He says something about, like, we got to, this is the end of the line. And no, it's the end of the cycle. <laughs> it's the end of the cycle. No, he says he line. Says, he says end of oh, the line. well. The context is not the same, though. Whatever. We'll be with you to the end of the line, guys. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pet. You can follow Lily at Lily underscore Rugo. And you can follow the podcast at EM Fangirls. Please uh, check out our website, earthsmightiestfangirls.com, for the podcast and any updates. We're also on iTunes. Also, please forgive any editing in this episode. We had a few technical difficulties, and by a few, I mean a lot. This is what happens when we are our own producers. Speaking of which, this podcast is edited and produced by us. Thank you. And thank you to Dexter Britton for letting us use their song, Wonderland. Cool. All right. Let's go. (sighs) 